Hey, 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 you're now tuned in to Underdog Talk. I'm your host, Eric Jones Jr., the underdog with the heroic heart, and I have conversations with successful underdogs. Today, I have Miss Latanya Brown. I guess she the co-host. I don't know. She just took over. <laughs> how, how you doing today, ma'am? You already, y'all just don't even know what I've had to deal with since we've been here, but how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. That's, that's good. Um, uh, how is your week? My week has been, my week, it has been a long, draining week, but I, it's been good, so. Your week been weekend? It's been weekend. Oh, okay. My week is weekend. Weekend, weekend. My week is weekend. Right. Keep the mic up closer, Justin, because you talked about <laughs> it. Um, so, before we get into today's conversation, today's episode is brought to you by Christian Dewan Clothing Line. That's me and my son's clothing line. You can get t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies if you use the promo code Underdog Talk and Underdog is spelled U-N-D-D-A-W-G Talk, you get 15% off. And we have um, Underdog Talk Podcast official merchandise on there. So use the promo code Underdog Talk at ChristianDewan.com. So, Ms. Brown, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Miss. Yeah, I don't know. Is it Miss? Miss. I don't know. It was Miss. It's whatever single. Oh, whatever, whatever single. Okay. So, um, take us back to when you was younger, because you've been through a lot um, mm-hmm. from reading your bio, kind of knowing you, hearing your story kind of before. Um, so take us back to some point when you was like the underdog as a kid, life just wasn't life and you was going through shit. No, oh, that's, that's, that was life, my whole childhood. Um, so I'll, I'll make it quick, because I know you're going to want to ask questions and we can deep dive and all that good stuff. So, um... I am originally from Chicago, Illinois, um, born and raised pretty much um, up until high school. Um, I, let me see, uh, my mother was an addict um, and I lived with my mother, my sister and I um, lived with my mother. We grew up in a trap house, so don't nobody know what a trap house is. Um, It is um, what prostitutes, dope dealers, addicts, pimps, everybody just hang out. That's, that's That's the spot for them to come and do all they dirt and all they do. Um, so, um, because of her, her addiction, um, we had constant, we had a revolving door because we were in the trap house, so we had a revolving door, so we had people constantly coming in and out, in and out. Um, due to that, I was molested, raped, all of those different things. Um, my mother even got to a point of her addiction where she then started trying to sell me for dope. And so, um, I left home at 12. Um, and I was the girl who, like, I fought all the time. So I was that girl who, you somebody be like, who? If you look at me, I'm like, what the fuck you looking at, bitch? Oh. Who the fuck you talking to? Like I was oh, that, that chick. Was, oh, that was you. I was that chick. Oh, okay. I ain't that chick now. Look at God. Look yeah, at God. I'm glad <laughs> God. I'm glad you met God and got Jesus in your life. Cause I don't want to look at your room or nothing. I don't. Make sure you edit this right. We don't want no smoke with her. She sounds violent. Uh, go, go ahead, ma'am. That was real aggressive. Yeah, I'm, was, I'm so nice. I'm glad we got cameras and security you around. So if anything goes wrong, um, I've seen podcast episodes where guests have got a little aggressive. So, yeah. Well, it ain't going to be me. I'm, I'm nice. I'm real nice. Uh, but I fought all the time. Um, I was never in school. I was literally expelled all the time. Like I would go to school, fight, get suspended. Fight, get suspended. And I kept fighting until I got just expelled. So I tried, but it didn't work out. Um, but I, they continued to pass me on. So clearly they wanted me to get out of their school too. So um, I left home at 12. Left home at 12, um, lived pillar to post, different places. Uh, my father came from Bloomington, Indiana. His job moved him to Bloomington, Indiana from Chicago. And so previously throughout the years, I would kind of go and visit here and there and then have to go back to Chicago, all that good stuff. Um, so he was like, listen, you going to either be in the system or you got to come here. I was like, okay, you know, um, got in a fight, um, almost took somebody's life and yeah, almost took somebody's life and had to, was like, let me just hurry up and get out of the state. So I got, I just like, I'm going. So ended up Bloomington, um, while I was there, my daddy, you know, he tried, he was, a, you know, trying to be a single father and like, you know, I'm, I'm, but he was like, I can't deal with you. And I'm trying to cuss him out and do everything else. But I had a lot of trauma. I had a, I had a real bad attitude. So he was like, I'm trying to deal with you, but I don't know how to deal with you. So you ain't finna talk to me disrespectful. You can get out my house. And so I was like, well, fuck it. All right, shit. You tell me something, I don't know. I'll do this on the daily. You know what I mean? So you're not having me do something I ain't never done before. So I'm used to this. So 
I eventually left his house and then all throughout high school, um, stayed pillar to post. Um, so I was homeless, stayed pillar to post with different people, um, went to school for a moment, left school, and moved to Indianapolis. So, um, I got a question. So, I was going to ask if you had hands, but obviously got, you, got little, got little. you you did because you almost took someone's life. So, I'm going to make sure that I'm on my best behavior for this episode because um, I don't want it to be the last episode of Underdog. It will not be. All right. Nice. It's a little violence going on here. God. Transformation. Um, God, thank, thank you, Jesus, for everything and how you change people because we don't want no smoke with you. Um, that's like your story sound like something you watch on TV. Mm -hmm. Like when you really hear about it, like growing up in the trap, like being somebody that sees the trap as a kid, you understand that environment and just to live there. Oh, that, whoo, yeah, real. I'm, I'm sure it that's... ate. I could, I knew how to cook, distribute everything. Oh, so yeah, it, you, was, it was real life. You wasn't out, you was out there, you was... not one doing it, okay, but you I just knew what you just I knew, knew if anything, knew. if everything else failed. I you knew how to go in the kitchen and make something. I knew how to make some, make some happen. Okay, all right. So, um, you didn't sound like you did. How did education go as you what, throughout you laying hands on folks? Did you get an education when you moved to Bloomington? I did. I mean, let me rephrase. So, like when I first got to Bloomington, it was culture shock. Yeah, mm -hmm. I ain't never been around that many white people in my life. <laughs> Uh, and so I ain't even been around white people, period, because I don't even remember seeing nobody in my hood that was white, to be honest. Um, so I ended up um, fighting. <laughs> so until so I didn't. And then I started going to class, um, staying in class, not fighting. Um, and it took for a mentor for her to cuss, for me to cuss her out, her to cuss me out, me to cuss her out, and us go back and forth. And she was like, every day I see you, I'm going to speak to you. And I was like, oh. So every day, she'd be like, how tired? I'm like, Oh my God, what you want? Why you talking to me? Then she kept saying every day, every day, every day. And eventually I was just like, oh my God, hi. Hi, Miss Body. Dang, God. I was like, hi, Miss Body. Oh, hi, Miss Body. So, you know, it took that one individual to um, be the first person to really have that consistency in my life and just keep to her word. And she, and she said it. And it was something very small. It's like, girl, I don't care about you. Every time I see you, I'm going to speak to you. I was like, oh. And she did. And so that started to change. And then eventually other people started coming in my life and was like, the world don't owe you nothing. You all to yourself. We don't know what the hell's going on with you. But you need to figure it out or what's going on. I'm like, I only know what I know. And in my household, you don't talk about stuff. You don't, you know, what goes on in this house stays in this house. And so it was hard to really have that conversation with somebody and be like, oh snap, this is going on. Or this is what happened. Or I'm starting to feel this way about certain stuff. And so that it just became what it was. And so eventually as I started letting people in, I started to grow. And then I had, when I was in high school, of course, being homeless, living pillar to post, I stayed with my friends. And so their parents, <clears throat> not their parents, excuse me, their mothers actually planted those seeds, like how to be a young lady, how to be a woman, how to um, even be a mother when I became a mother. Um, all of those different things and how all of those elements kind of came about. And so they shaped and formed me and mentored me and loved on me until couldn't love no more. No, I'm just saying. So, no, so. And I still, I have the most utmost respect for all of them ladies. Um, I salute them at every cost all the time. Diane, Dee Dee, Miss Body, all of them. Um, because they are definitely women who have shaped me into the woman I am today. I, I thank them too. Um, <laughs> probably without them, you still be laying hands on folks. I would, I'd be dead to be honest. I, the route, the route that I was going, I would probably been dead. Gangsta. I was, it was, it was. But so me knowing Bloomington, right? So I'm from Michigan City, Indiana. So there's <laughs> some white folks there. Mm -hmm. And then uh, first I went to Vincent's. Um, hmm. Yeah. Oh, what is? This? Oh, this is corn. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah it's, mm -hmm. Then you go to Bloomington. And I remember the first like cultural shock. Uh, me and my friends, it was crazy. We was like maybe 1920. We going to Bloomington from Vincennes, and one of our buddies, he's from Chicago. He was like an African dude, so he never really been anywhere like nothing. So we like, all right, you gonna come with us? So we go. We get pulled over. Four black dudes in a car, headlight out. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, you guys are suspects for attempted murder. Attempted who? Right. What, what are we talking? What? Well, no, I'm. The, listen, when when the lights come, we like, dang, we got liquor. We all underage. That's the worst thing we thinking that's gonna happen. We suspect for murder. Uh, what what is going on? So you know they asking us all different questions. Stories ain't matching. People nervous. Then they found the people, but it was like that don't happen up north. That like that type of thing. Just because you black, you. I'm like, listen, look, <clears throat> look at me. Look, I'm you look one like out of a million. I don't look like nobody. If you ain't seen nobody that look exactly like that, what me? And it's like, wow. So I know you going from Chicago. How long did it take for you to start fighting Bloomington? Because I know it was different. And then especially if they was like, nigga or whatever. It was about a year. Going. It was about a year. Yeah. It, it was really crazy. It was about a year before I stopped just kind of like, the brakes off of yeah like I, I realized like okay i gotta calm down because you yeah, know you go to jail there is well yeah it was just but it was still just like but i didn't care about jail like oh. none of that bothered me or i wasn't worried about none of that it was just simply like i'm just tired of fighting like because and i here's the thing i didn't really fight females oh. up until probably right before i ended up leaving chicago because oh, oh, i always fought males like my whole fifth grade class, this is horrible to say, but my whole fifth grade class, I beat every fifth grade boy up in the class except for one. And he was an instigator. And then he beat me up at the last day of school. Okay. It's crazy. So, you, so most kids is 20, 20, 20 <laughs> so every, so you just, oh. Okay. And I was fighting just, but mind you, I had a lot of trauma at that time. I had a lot of issues at that time. I was angry, and that was my release. Like, my release was, you look at me, you say, like, I was that chick, I was down. Like, you say, now I'm not that person. Thank, thank you, thank God. you, Jesus. But everybody, <laughs> uh, Miss, Miss Bides, um, Miss Body, Auntie Biddy. So, okay, I, I got thrown, that threw me off. Like, everybody, because I'm a teacher, and so, yeah, in my class, you beat up over half the class because it's majority boys, so you just knock it home. All right. And so I mean, I, it wasn't just my class. Like, it's the oh, fifth grade, fifth. like, class. Yeah, it was oh, bad. And it was, like, two, two and a half classes. That could be. Okay, I'm just glad that God changed you and I know the positive. We're going to get to the positive because that's why she's on here. There's a lot of positive. Because um, I was thinking when you were talking, not to like super fast for it, but those ladies that you was talking about are the reason why you're the lady that you are and why you help the young ladies that you do. Absolutely. So, um, you graduated high school. Graduated high school. Went How was adulthood for you? So you in Bloomington. Mm-hmm. And where you go to school, like, how was adulthood for you? Oh, let me see. So, <clears throat> so I went to, after high school, well, right before high school, I was like, I ain't had no clue, I ain't know what I was going to do, no, nothing else. And the recruiter came and was like, listen, we'll give you a scholarship because you're black. And I was like, oh, really? And it was like, oh, I was like, so wait a second. So, and I really didn't, like, hear about college. It wasn't like a oh, you going to college type ordeal, none of that stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm just, you know, tell me a little bit more. I want to hear a little bit more because, mind you, I ain't got no place to stay. You talking about free room and board? Oh, please. You didn't say I have to do no work, though, a whole lot of work. But, you know, I'm going to go. So um, I got the scholarship. I stayed there for a year and a half, probably about a year and a half. Um, the first year that I was there, uh, first of all, I was the only black female. So that was an even bigger culture shock at Oakland City University oh. in Oakland City, Indiana, which is like ain't even oh, biggest wait, block, oh, number one. Where is it? My point exactly. Um, it is 30 minutes from Evansville, Indiana, oh, like 10 minutes to 15 minutes from Princeton, Indiana. So I was okay. in Hickstown for real. Yep. Like Nobody even when I got on, it was only three of us and two of them played basketball. Mm. So I was like, y'all know that I'm going to stick with y'all because we the only ones here, right? And we did. I mean, it was, it was just cool. We became real close. Um, but um, I went there for two years, then left, went back to Bloomington, stayed there for a few, about a year. Then woke up one morning and was like, you know what? I'm moving to Indianapolis. And I had a fam I had some family here. And so I called them and they was like, oh, we come get you if you want to. And I was like, okay, cool. So came to Indianapolis and um, stayed with my family for a good minute. Um, but I was with the family who I really didn't truly know. 
Um, and so with, since with that, I had a cousin who, they didn't really know me, they just knew my mother. And so because it was her side of the family, they equated me with everything that she did, opposed to who I was at the time. And so I had a cousin who was a little bit negative. And so my last fight was, you know, fight her. Cause you, you just can't talk to me like I'm nothing. Um, and then think that I'm just gonna take that. So, and then I, I knew at that moment, like let me pack all my stuff up, put some over her ass, I'm gonna walk out this door. And I did uh, from there, I stayed with a friend and from there got my own place and then doing me ever since, so. I, I was wondering if I was going to hear a fight in that door. Just one, just, just one. one. Just one. Yeah. You can only pick so much. Yeah. You can only pick so much. You knew. You you said, oh, I didn't pack my bag. Yeah. You knew that you had packed your bag. You knew it was going to be, it was it. I knew it was coming. It was, yep, no more return. Yes. But I'm glad. that was. How, how long ago was that fight? That was 22, 20 years. Oh, no, 20, 23 years. Okay, so you ain't had to lay hands. No, no hands. Okay. This, this love now, just love. Just, all right, that's good. <laughs> I'm loving it. I'm not a fighter. That's good. So, hmm, when did you start becoming who you are today? As in the, your author, your speaker, director, producer. I know you for having a mental program so what kind of like sparked that different mindset to do those different things? Um, so one, I had to start working on self. Mm -hmm. um, I had to acknowledge a whole lot of stuff. There were some things that I didn't want to, I never really talked about until my adulthood, um, until I was able to mature in those different areas and talk about it. And so um, once I started talking about it, then I was, somebody was like, you may need to get therapy. And I was like, I'm black, I don't talk to, ther to therapy. <laughs> that ain't what I do. Um, but then I gave it a try, it actually helped, and then I started doing a lot of different self-help stuff and just really working on me, but then identifying how my trauma affected my adulthood. And for the longest, even though I had like stopped fighting and all the other stuff, I carried the weight of a lot of different stuff. I carried the weight of my past for so long that like I wasn't happy, like I didn't know what that felt like, I didn't know what that was. And so. Um, I started releasing it and so I was just like okay you know what how do I get to this happy place that's not my past or how do I not be addicted to pain the feeling of pain and so um, I just started doing the work and as I started doing the work I started volunteering at different places um, because one of the things that I said before I even started volunteering was I never want to run into a young lady and envision me I never want to do that because then I'm doing her a disservice and I never want to put my past onto somebody else because that's not her past that's not her weight to carry if I'm getting rid of my weight I don't want to add no weight to nobody else and so um, once I decided to do that and I started volunteering um, I volunteered at like two three different places and I was just like so this is just housing kids it ain't really mentoring it's not really pouring into these girls it's not really there's no guidance. It's just you, you come here after school, you do your homework, you play, you chill, you go home. And that's the gist of it. And then whatever happens throughout your life during that time, but it was so many conversations that needed to be had, like hygiene and self-esteem and boys and well just relationships in general and all these other things that wasn't happening. So I was like, um, I gotta something gotta change. So I um, started working with the Urban League and as soon as I started working with them, I just my um, my supervisor was like, you know what, you got a gift, I want you to start utilizing it. So I was like, I don't know about that because you know I don't like people. <laughs> and um, so from there I did, I reached out to several different community centers and just was like, you know what, I'm going to do this by myself. I was a single parent too at the time. I had my daughter and um, I was just like, I'm going to do it. And so I did it and from there just kind of made its way and it blossomed and we still here. Whew, 50 years later, we still here, we standing, and we doing even better now, so I'm grateful for that, and that's, again, I, that's our biggest thing, is just not um, putting me onto them, because they not me, and I'm not them. They ain't got to walk in my shoes, because I don't want nobody ever walking in my shoes, so we may have similar paths, but it ain't the same, so. But I can also give you the tools, and I encourage therapy. I know um, this year, 2023, 24 year, 
for Leading Ladies, we are also, we are bringing additional pieces to Leading Ladies, which is therapy for them and their families. Mm, that's, that's dope, because like you said before, <coughs> like folks, like, oh no, I ain't going to therapy, we're going to keep it in house, and that's cool, but that don't really work. It right. don't work at all. Like, you got to talk to somebody, even if it ain't, you don't want to go to the council, you got to have some type of mentor or something, because if you don't, it just, it ain't going, life ain't going, you ain't going to be able to see your blind spot. Yeah. and notice those things so I like what you said earlier like or what just now but um, about not putting yourself on the kids even though I think we as adults oh well when I when I was growing up I just it, man I hate when yeah. older people say shut, you don't shut up you ain't had no computer you ain't yeah, had no technology no. you you was born it was boring really yeah like I mean we had fun because we had that was all we had think mm -hmm. about all these kids have they can do whatever they can create whatever because of technology and it's like oh well, I, we used to have to walk okay they ain't gotta walk they got uber mm -hmm. Well, imagine if we, I, I would have loved Uber. My mama, hey, if you want to go, if you want to go uh, to that game, you better find you a ride. I got a 20 year old right now who don't even want to like, so she's like, I'm take Uber. I'm yeah, like, it's convenient. It it's convenient. Too convenient. It's, it's like, like it's these kids just don't, I just, they don't get it. And like, uh, with girls, it's different. Um, I have a senior and it's different. Like girls is like, um, I have a question coming from a guy. You seem like you're a very honest person. Why, like, as soon as girls get the menstrual cycle, they just turn evil? What is it's that? It's not mean? evil. Y'all just view it differently. It's not evil. But let me let me explain something. Now, look, I had to put the church finger. Yeah. Let me yeah, let I me know. explain IT, something. IT, <laughs> let me explain. Let me explain something. Yeah. So when we are coming, when we are, when the girl first starts her menstrual her menstrual cycle, mm -hmm. that's a very uncomfortable feeling for a young lady. And now on top of that, you have to figure out your body. Now you have these mood swings that you're not sure how to equate because really, we don't really talk about PMS. We don't talk about the mood changes, the mood swings that come along with the week before you get your cycle, when you're on your cycle, when you're not on your cycle, all those different things. And so if you don't, if you're not in tune to those things, you like, and so to you all, it's like, oh hell, it must be that time or it's this, and it could be. However, y'all think every attitude equates with no, on no, too, so no, that that, that, <laughs> that attitude is a little different. It, but, it, but it hits different because <coughs> the slightest thing, something that may not irritate you when you are during the rest of the month, can irritate you when you on your cycle. Because mind you, you cramping. You are your body already going through through this whole little change. You got, I ain't gonna get that deep, yeah, but please. you got a lot of different things that's going on with your body. Yeah. However, look, you know, so you got a whole lot of things that's going on with your body, and then you got people who still want you to be the same. You can be the same, mm -hmm. but certain things is gonna irritate you a, a lot quicker yeah, the same. and a little bit more with it. Ain't no, ain't no the same. Like, um, my sister been mean ever since that. Like no, no, she, no, no, uh -uh. she, she mean. She got See, mean. See, that's because you wanted to be. No, mm -mm. Uh -uh. no, she mean nice. I ain't gonna just. She say mean she, nice. Yeah, she ain't just mean. Okay. Like, it was like ever since I was like, oh, you different. You not the same little sister. And then like daughters, <laughs> like they miles. Like it's I don't know. Oh, it's, it's real. Yeah, it's real. It's, real. I don't. So how do you um, <laughs> deal with? Is it because you are a woman, you can understand them? Understand. Because, not to say you want to knock a, your daughter out or a, a teenager. You sometimes do. and Because I see the older Let's kids, because I work at a charter school. So I see the older kids and I just be like, who, who, are, you, who are you talking to? Yeah. You, you, I don't care how little I am. I don't care what frame, how big you, who is you talking to? Yeah. And cause I I be wondering, I want like kids, do you think it's cool to talk to adults? What if somebody talk to your mama and daddy like that? Because like, they talk somebody, to their mom and daddy like that. Mm, yeah. So, see that comes up. So hey. Yeah, it's the mom so and it's mom and daddy fault. It ain't the mom and daddy fault. Because I tell you, I one thing I tell people all the time is that my daughter literally taught me how to be a parent. Mm. She literally taught me how to be a parent. Her being firstborn taught me how to be a parent. Because one of my biggest things, I never, full, first of all, I never fully ever thought that I, me having kids was never like a thing for me because of my past. I was like, can I love a child? 
Can I be a parent to a child? Like, what does that really look like? Because I didn't have that coming up, right? And so I had I had mentors and I had, you know, all of these women who kind of sold that seed and planted those seeds and all of those things to help me flourish. But <clears throat> the the real pieces of that, right? And so my daughter, because she's an introvert, my daughter is one of them, leave me in my room, I'm good. Like when she was younger, she was like kind of standoffish, but not really standoffish. I was like, oh my, I would take her to the doctor, like something wrong with her, what's going on? Da, 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 da. Like ain't no wrong with this girl. You, Mom just calmed down, like, ah, oh, she ain't, no, no. But I had to realize that she was not me. And so I really had to say to myself, I really have to do a lot of healing, additional healing, because I don't want her to heal from me being her parent. Mm. And so because of that, I had to start literally looking at her and really paying attention to her and being in tune with her to really understand how to communicate with her, how to connect with her in the best ways to help her, to create a safe space for her, for her to be able to just come for everything. Come to me for every, literally, now she comes every time. Feel at 20, thank God. Um, but everything, and so that was one of the, the biggest things, but she did, she had to really teach me because for a minute I was just like, am I doing something wrong? Oh my God, I'm this horrible parent, I'm, I'm trying to put her in all this stuff, because I mean, I'm that parent. I put her in every damn sport, something, something. She was like, the hell is wrong with her? And then gave her a book, and she was like the happiest damn kid on earth. And I was like, who? What the hell's wrong with her? You just want to read? Like you just want to read a book? And some parents say like, oh, I would love for my kid to read a book. Like yeah, that's good. But when you've not just been that reader, and you not you like what? You want to do what? Yeah, it's different. And so she did. She had to really teach me in so many areas, in a lot of areas, like how to be patient, how to really just parent her because sometimes as parents we get caught up in ourselves mm -hmm. and like what we how we want to see our kids what we want to see our kids do and she has taught me she's taught me to just allow her to be her because she's the most happiest and if I want her to be happy I gotta allow her to just be her so I can't tell her I want you to be focused on yourself and I want you to you know learn yourself and all these other things but then I'm like no nah, you don't need to wear that you need to do this or no nah, you don't need to do you need to do this, or you need to talk this way, or you need to act this way. Mm -hmm. I have allowed her to be her, and it has helped me to grow, even as me just being a mother, but as an individual as well. So, But I also have learned that when you allow for your kids to talk to you any kind of way, then that's how, you know, that's how they're going to receive it, and that's how they're going to talk to other people. I don't know nothing about that, because... Um, yeah, I don't know nothing about it. You cussing out your kids every day. And like, see, sit your ass down. Yep. And da 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 Then guess what? They go on to school and they like, sit your ass down. See, I had to, I had to learn that. Because I wasn't saying like, sit your ass down and stuff. I cuss. But I don't cuss at them. I just mm -hmm. use cuss words. So, But they, with you, you know, my son, he was real little. So he repeats stuff or then... I remember, I mean, my daughter, she's been cussing since second grade. She wrote, she wrote, she wrote a little note, she wrote a little note, cussed the whole class out. She was super pissed. I, she called them motherfuckers, spelled it right and everything. In second grade, I remember that. I was like, oh, all right, you pissed. But I don't, like, I don't, my son be like, don't say bad words. I'm like, all right, so I work on that. And you said a, a lot um, for parents right there. Of letting your kid be themselves mm -hmm. because parents don't it's like especially with sports mm -hmm. it's like all right I want my kid to be this but your kid only six yep and you put you put you onto them mm -hmm. which then creates the pressure and somebody like for instance I'm in an addiction spell right now and at an african-american community we, we, we kind of branched off to this whole little fentanyl thing yeah, and that's taking us out 24 7 and um, just having conversations with individuals and talking to individuals, a lot of there is a lot of their stuff that you know, like nowadays, there people always say, you know, all these kids got anxiety and they depressed now and all this other stuff. But we've created this that anxiety and stuff is coming from that uncomfortableness because as parents, we've making our, we've making our kids uncomfortable because it's like I have to do good, I gotta mm -hmm. be great, I gotta play this sport because they want me to play this sport. I have to 
act this way, I gotta talk this way, I gotta look this way, I gotta keep up with this in this way because of that. And then they get depressed because they're really unhappy. And so we're creating unhappy individuals. And then we wanna know why they're killing themselves and they're doing all this other stuff because they'd rather leave the earth and disappoint you than to be on earth and disappoint you. Yeah, and, and that's so true. And I always tell my kids like, I don't care what you do, just be the best at it. I remember my daughter, oh, I wanna play this, I wanna do this. Okay, stop hip hopping around, pick one thing and just be good at it. I tell my son the same thing, like bro, if you don't wanna do it, let me know so I can stop trying to put money together for you to do this sport if you don't wanna do it. But then he like, no, I, w I really want to. And I'm like, he only in third grade, I can't eat. What was I doing in third grade? Was I right. trying to leave? You know, I was bad in third grade. I was cussing and forging signatures on the progress report. So he doing a lot better than I was. So it's like, you don't want to put that. It's like, whatever you want to do, just be good in it. Like, I don't care if you don't even want to play sports. If you want to be in technology or whatever, do you, but be the best at it. And sometimes right. as parents, you you right. you like, oh, well, I play sports. And it's like, okay, when did you get good? Did you get good as early as I know? Right. They, you didn't. And then what you doing? Yeah. And that... As a parent, you don't listen, I've had my daughter has before, like, check me in a way, not like a kid checking an adult, but like, hey, how can you say you want me to do this and you ain't doing it? And some parents would be like, oh, hell no, no. Sometimes you need to be checked by people that's close to you. Your children are the closest around you. Because they are a reflection of you. Yeah. And when they say it, they're that means that they're really paying attention to what you're saying and what you're doing. And if that don't line up, to you, they to them, you just broken your trust. Yeah. Because if they if they can't trust you, who can they trust? Exactly. So it's like times is different. Our parents didn't allow, allow us to talk. Like I probably would. I'm, I'm sure I'd have gotten in trouble for stuff I would have said because I've always been against rules and all that different stuff. But back then it was you getting a whooping for it. There ain't no talking. Just be quiet. Why why are you crying? I'm gonna give you a reason. Hey, I'm you know we we gotta understand. Kids have a bad day. Yeah. We have a bad day. We don't get our work done at work, but we yelling at them because they didn't yeah. get their work done once out the school, out the semester. Yeah. What? If you don't get out of here and yeah. you can't be so hard on your kids, you you gotta you gotta show them how to be great. You can't tell them how to be great. You can't be an average Joe and expect your kids to be great. They like, hold on. Right. Why are you telling me to do this? But I don't see you doing shit. Right. Like, what you expect me to do? And that's why kids act the way they act and they do the stuff they do. Cause I remember a parent, I worked at another school, kids cussing everybody, yelling. They come in cussing. Well, brother, um, <laughs> you the apple don't fall too far from the tree. So if you don't want us to dang near jack your son up, don't come in here talking to us like that. Cause he think it's cool to talk like that. And I'll say this too, if parents are hurting too. If, mm -hmm. and parents don't know how to deal with that. Today's episode is brought to you by Christian Dewan Clothing Line. That's me and my son's clothing line. You can get t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies if you use the promo code underdog talk and underdog is spelled U-N-D-D-A-W-G talk, you get 15% off. And we have um, underdog talk podcast official merchandise on there. So use the promo code underdog talk at christiandewan.com. He'll look he 10, but when he get a little older, I'll have that same conversation with him. But I think that um, it, not when she was six, well, I, I, I did this when she was six, which was went back to Chicago and went back to where we used to live. And actually, which was crazy, because the man let me in, and I, I'm like, how the hell he just let me in? He let me in there. Um, and it, it was crazy, because it took me two hours just for me to get in the door, because I was just like crying and all this other stuff. But I had to go back to the place for some of my healing as well. Mm -hmm. But then I took pictures. So as she, when she did get older, and I can have that conversation and share my story with her and share and walk her through my healing journey, that she would be able to visualize and she can actually see like boom which was really ironic and crazy because the man had a table as soon as you walk in the door it was like this little table that always sat like in a in the front in the living room and right there the table where everybody used to sit around and get high he had a not a replica but he had something similar to that table and i was like oh my god but I was able to take, he allows me to take pictures, which was good. But I took pictures and I was able to show her as I walked her through the story of the different little things. But also too, um, she was able to witness and see me heal with my mother. Because when I left home, I didn't talk to my mother at all. Like I hated her, whatever else. It wasn't until she ended up, crazy story, she ended up moving to Bloomington years later with my sister and then getting her own spot. Then she got pulled over, had dope in her car. The next day they found a girl dead in her house.
So she got locked up for a few years. Then she ended up at VOA down here. So when she was at VOA, I was going to church real heavy and the pastor said something that was very profound. He was like, you've been carrying all this stuff around and you mad and the person who did it to you or, or who you feel has hurt you, they ain't worried about you. And I was like, you, you know, you, oh, this mother sucker. I'm finna go. I called my sister was like, tell her put me on that list. She was like, you want her to put tell her call? Tell her put me on that list. I went up there, I gave her the business. I, I, my intention was to go fight her. That was my my intent. Like, I'm, I'm finna whoop her ass. I'm finna, ooh, I, that's how I'm finna let it out. But I didn't. Um, I just cussed her out, all this other stuff left. But when she got out of VOA, and that was my, that was a lot of my healing, because that was the first time that I could just, yeah, you and know, I felt um, the relief of me just letting it out. I cussed, cried, screamed, yelled, all that stuff, but I let it out. And so when I had, um, once I left, she had ended up getting out of VOA, getting married, all this other stuff. And then we would talk. She would try to reach out here and there. And so finally I was like, you know what? Uh -uh. I got questions. Mm -mm. I need to come talk to you. And now, first of all, you're dealing with somebody. You know who Wendy is. You know who Cookie is. Have you ever seen Madam on um, uh, All the Queens? Okay, so anyway. My mom was like all three of them women put together. She a beast. What the fuck you want? You want to come over here, dude? Listen. We not going to do this. I got questions. But I was able to, my mother provided me healing because I was able to just be vulnerable and ask her questions. And I allowed her to share her story. And when she shared her story, I learned that she could have never been a mother to me because she never had a mother. And so because she had a lot of trauma that stemmed from her childhood, that was her outlet was drugs. And so she was like, oh, if I can handle this, you can handle it too. So repeated trauma that she didn't realize was trauma and so being able to really have that but prior to her passing we were able to actually have that have that relationship it was never going to be a mother-daughter relationship but it was a relationship but my daughter was able to see that relationship form and even during her passing she she kind of witnessed the whole piece because she had been trying to get hold of me for like two weeks and i was like busy and all the other stuff and when i finally called her back I, and we were to that point where we could be like you know hey i love you whatever and she um I was like, you good? She was like, nah, I, you know, I, I'm not feeling good. I was like, all right, we'll call me back later when you feel better, you know, whatever. All right, I love you, bye. And an hour later, my niece called and was like, she gone. And I was like, where'd she go? I just got off phone talking to her. <laughs> and um, my niece was like, no, nah, auntie, like, she gone. Like, she gone. I was like, what the hell, she gone? Because I just talked to her. She was like, no, she she passed away. She she dead. I was like, oh, how's she dead? How, what, what, you know? And her husband was like, she's been waiting to talk to you for these past two weeks. And as soon as she talked to me, she was gone, she had a heart attack phone. As soon as the phone, as soon as I hung up the phone, the phone dropped and she dropped. But I was, I mean, it was, I was able to get my healing, but my daughter was able to see me walk through those processes and walk through that and share a few different pieces or whatever at her memorial and stuff and really be like, okay, now I know what that healing looks, you know. And so I tell her, and even as she get older, she's 20 now, and there's certain stuff I'm still like, girl, if you don't, but then I realized, I'm like, how do you want me to, how do you want me to react when you tell me certain stuff? And she's like, just don't, because sometimes you make me feel like I'm dumb, and I'll be like, okay. So I've learned to just be like, okay, so how we, mm -hmm. yeah. how we go handle this? Because I talk with my face sometimes, and so I, I realize I, I dealing with certain stuff, I can't talk with my face, but, and she, she says it all the time, she's like, you help me a lot with, you know, just how to deal with people and how to talk to people and how to share those emotions, but, she's able to come to me and be open and vulnerable and share with me when she feels like I did her wrong. She'd be like, mommy, I don't want you to get mad, but I just want to say something. I'm like, okay. And then we kind of go from there. So she's kind of, like I said, she has definitely taught me taught me how to be a parent. And I just learned, like, I had to do a lot of healing. And even, you know, I'm like, how, do, how am I supposed to do this? What am I supposed to do? I got a girl. And I, I mean, because one of you, we was talking about how um, parents talk to their kids. I used to cuss at her. I'd be like, sit your ass down. Can you do da 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 da? And I had and it would break her. If she did something, I would be like, why the hell would you do that? Da, da, da. And it I mean she would bawl. And I'm like, all I did was cuss at you. Like, are you crying? What you crying for? And I had to realize like that was damaging, that was more damaging to her than a woman. Yeah. Because to her, every time I would cuss at her, that was damaging her little soul. She was just like, I'm worthless, I'm yeah. this, I'm that. And 
it took for me to realize that for me to be like okay I have to speak more life into her than negative in her because the negative that I'm speaking in her is you know it's hitting way hard but it's doing way more damage than me speaking life into her and me speaking life into her is like oh I can do anything I can do to the world even when I don't want to I don't want to take on the world mommy but I can do I can take on the world yeah I, so I'm like okay I, I love that I love how you was able to to break that down so people could understand what, what you're saying, where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. And I uh, I feel like my son, he quit, he said he quit basketball and I paid for it. When I mean I chewed him out, I chewed him mm -hmm. out. And he realized like how hurt, and it wasn't, and it was like it hurt him, but he knew like, okay, my dad is really pissed at me. Like, I'm really like, I need to think about what I'm doing rather than me cussing him out all the time and he like okay whatever right. but it was the first time I went I went in <laughs> and like you were saying earlier though because you put your money into it now I was saying yeah. when this now I'm all for supporting kids and then because I'm, I'm real big my kids when they say they want to do something I'm like you have to see it through the end if you're gonna do it and I pay for it you got to see it through the end my son did football now this is the only thing that I was like first of all I told you earlier I don't all these outside sports God working with me, that's all I'm saying. Cause I, I'm not that person, but I make myself that person. You wouldn't think I was that person, but uh, I, you know, yeah. So uh, he played football and he's a little scrawny little boy and a little bitty thing. And so when I tell you the, I pay for the football stuff and he his first practice, he had got tackled and he was like, mommy, he wants to cry so bad, but he didn't cry. He's like, I'm this close from quitting football. And I was like, oh yes. You ain't even gotta go back if you don't want to. Then I was like, no, you need to see it through. You gotta see it through. But Lord knows, I did not want to be on that football field. And I, you, you want to stop? Go, go, oh, you can go right ahead. But see, if you'd have made him stop, that would have uh, made him want to think that he could quit all the time. Right. And but, so that's why I didn't. And so he he finished the season. I'm glad he didn't want to do it no more. Thank God. But yeah. Yeah. And what you were saying earlier about. Uh, having that conversation with a parent. Like I had that conversation. So my biological dad passed away when I was four. So my sister's dad is my dad. So as a kid, I used to feel like, like he just used to leave me hanging. Like, it's like, I, like the relationship I have with my son is different from me and his relationship. But I had to understand his dad, all he knew was go to work, come on, pay the bills, not the emotional and all that stuff. So I remember, I, I called him and we had a conversation and I had to let everything out because I didn't really understand what a man was outside of going to work and stuff. I was having conversations with real men and I had to call him and kind of like apologize how I acted towards him. But then I was like, I understand you only did what you saw. Mm -hmm. And that's why as a parent. And that's what he knew. Yeah. And mm -hmm. as a parent, you have to understand your kids watch you. My son, even though. Like when he come over and I'm still working, he be like, what you doing? He understand, okay, dad working, but we still gonna do stuff. Right. And it's funny watching him, cause he act like me. And when I see him on the court, I'm like, man, do I act like that? <laughs> like, was I that person? But it's, it's good to be able to see him do that. And then I'm able to correct him. Nobody, my parents didn't come to my games or they didn't take mm -hmm. me. So they didn't see, oh, this little Negro got an attitude out this world. Hey bro, come here. Mm -hmm. I, I will almost pull them in the game. Like, if you don't, no, we don't do that. Right. We we don't act like that. And I didn't have that. A per well, I had a person to correct me on everything I did. Like, I my, I used to get whooped for breathing room where I almost felt. Like, it just was a lot as a kid. But <clears throat> just to go back to what um, you were saying, you got to have that conversation with somebody in your past. It might be your dad. It might be that uncle that touched you the wrong way. Whoever it is, if they still alive, if you got the power to, go have that conversation. Because like you said, they ain't give two shits about you. They done done what they did. But I'm going to tell what you about their life? I am 42, be 43 in two weeks. And when I tell you, I'm so glad for my healing because God has a way of bringing stuff back to the forefront. So, two years, two years ago? Yeah, two years ago. So, two years ago, Somebody reached out to me on Facebook and I'm like, she was like, your mama name? I'm like, who the hell is this? I don't even know this person. Make a long story short, she was actually one of the prostitute kids who I used to babysit. Now I'm eight. Why the hell you remember me? I don't know, but okay. It, 
Yeah. So the crazy part about that, the crazy part about it is because she was like, you know, I just want to say thank you, this, this, this. And as much as I've as much as I've healed and kind of went through my little processes of healing, I was like, she was like, well, can we meet and all this other stuff? And for a minute, it took me back to a negative space. And the reason why it took me back to a negative space is because although you are caught, you're reaching out to me to say thank you to me for, you know, protecting me with your sister, but I took I took that abuse. Y'all didn't. And so it brought up some stuff, but we we talked once a month now. We met each other's kids, we met each other's families, and everything is good. She her her family is doing great. I'm doing great, so it was good, but I mean, life has a way of coming back. I had a, I had a brother, not by my mother, but with my with my stepmother, and um, he was killed in Gary, 2016. And it was interesting because I talked, I, I date, and so because I dated a dude, he was from Gary, but it had no clue, no nothing else. I kind of knew we wasn't gonna make it and wasn't gonna talk to him no more. But um, for some reason. In December, we, I mean, November, we were just kind of talking and come to find out his cousin was the one that murdered my brother. So life has a way of coming back and being like, do, 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 if you don't deal with that stuff. And so you gotta, you gotta deal with your stuff. I mean, you gotta, you know, we deal with our past and say our past is our past, but in the process, you gotta heal from your past because that past will keep, and sometimes your past will show up through your kids. Lord, please don't let my past show up. <laughs> Please, Sometimes your past no, will show I'm, up. No, y'all laughing, but I'm so serious. I'm like, serious. I think that too. I think about those things like, um, like I wasn't a bully. I got bullied, but I wasn't one to at a certain after a certain point. It was like I don't. I'm not no hoe. You're not about to talk to me, and I don't. Ooh, okay, I'm working on that. So um, we got to. It's real. I, I like this conversation because it's gonna help parents. Um, we could have went all different kind of ways with it. So I usually ask guests to give three tips. So give three tips to parents where they can build a better relationship with their children. Oh, the first tip would be be intentional. Be intentional. Be intentional about um, your healing, but be intentional about your kids healing. Um, be intentional about parenting. Um, the second one would be love them, love them in the space that they're in, and allow for keep allow for them to grow throughout. Don't keep them um, where you feel like they should be. Allow for them to grow in the different areas. Because I think sometimes we keep our kids in these spaces where it's like I want you. Because I envision you this way, I want to keep you this way, um, and so sometimes we we project that fear onto them, and so just don't do that. Um, allow for them to grow in all the areas, and allow for them to grow however they may want to grow, um, as long as it's healthy. Um, create a village, and trust your village, and talk to your village, and understand your village, um, and let your village do the same for you. Um, because I think that nobody can do it alone. I'm a single parent of two, and I'm like, and I, if it had not been for my village, Lord knows. Because even some of my village had to be like, Tanya, you got to heal from that. You got to, you got trauma. You better deal with that stuff because you can't be doing it. I'm like, okay, okay. At first I was like, I don't care. It's going to be this. And then I had to really take a look at myself, which was the hard look, which is always hard because the truth hurts. And baby, looking at yourself hurts a whole lot worse. Um, so, <laughs> um, just, you know, doing that. So that's my three. All right. So, um, I need a quote. Um, it doesn't have to be your quote. It could be a quote you saw today. Whatever you want, whatever you want to do, hands and feet. I don't want no smoke <laughs> with you. Whatever kind of quote you come up with, ma'am, just, we need a quote. That's it. I don't want no smoke. I'm glad it's a table and stuff in this <laughs> I can run and I'm go peaceful. To my See, you keeping me in my past. Don't keep me in my past. I'm not going to keep you in your you, past. You in my future. You in my present. You got to be right here. I'm boo. saying, but I know that you got hands, so I don't even want nothing. See, I, and I talk with my hands, so I'm going to talking with my hands. Yeah, yeah. All right. Just give us a quote. We're going to wrap um, it up so I can get home safe. Always remember. <laughs> um, I am not a product of my environment. My environment is a product of me.
I love it. I love that. Um, this is a great conversation. <clears throat> we didn't get into like uh, what you do, like with the leading ladies and all that. But I think when you have mentor programs and mentees, the parents need to step up as well as the other people that's mm -hmm. in the relationship. So this one was for parents, not just women. It was for dads mm -hmm. too. Um, for the stuff that you said. So thank you for coming on. Thank you. Um, I was safe. No, I'm just playing. But you, <laughs> this is a good episode. You're you're funny. It was um, kind of eye opening on some stuff for me as well. So I try to give flowers to my um, guests. Um, I'm trying to think how I want to say the closing remarks. I want to say closing word. That sound like church. But uh, let people know how they can reach you, and then give us last words or whatever. We want yes. To well, you can um, if you have any young ladies between the ages of 12 to 18, um, we would love to have them this Friday. They must register because we do feed them um, for our workshop. Um, what is love? Um, we're talking about different relationships. Um, healthy versus unhealthy relationships because it's a topic that um, needs to be discussed especially among young ladies um, as well as young men but we only work with young ladies um, you can find us at www.leadingladiesindy.org um, and you can also register your young lady that way if you would like to send me an email you can send me an email at info at leadingladiesindy.org um, I could tell you it's close around my age because you was like www. I know. We were in a generation that was the start of the internet. But yes, definitely uh, check that out. Um, for those of you that are listening in Indianapolis because she's been doing this for a while and I I actually was on the boys side when you was doing it was like two or three weeks ago I was doing with Bloom Project. So yeah. I, like I seen y'all in there but I was next door with with them, so mm -hmm. you definitely are helping ladies out. I think I don't know if one of my um, players went, but she said she was going to. I, I had to ask her, but I'm. A, I definitely talked about that too because parents don't want to get their kids involved in programming. They like, well, they don't want to go. Yeah, it'd be, yeah, it be the parent. It'd be the parent don't want to yeah, drop no. them off. Yeah, but no. if your kid old enough and you can trust, there's Uber. We'll leave that alone. That'd be a whole nother. Uh, we'll be here forever. Um, so <laughs> she told y'all how you can reach you. Oh, closing words, last whatever you got to say before we. Get up out of here. Love, peace, and hair grease. Good night. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> love, peace, and hair grease. All right. <laughs> peace. One love. I'm the underdog with the heroic card. I'm Eric Jones Jr. I have to keep pushing for my kids. If I give up, what's that leave them with? Nothing. I have to understand that it's bigger than me. That it's not about me when I wake up and go to work. It's not about me when I'm reading and educate myself. It's not about me when I'm practicing my speeches. It's not about me. It's about my family.